Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wes, I'm going to need some help. Because we started yesterday's show by going to the foul line three straight times. What do we do after a primetime performance the Panthers put out there? We started yesterday's show with three foul line rants. What do you want from me today? That we did. That they can go check out on the social media pages as well. Go ahead and plug it. And we're getting close to 1,000 uh, followers on the Wesson Walker page, man, by the way. Good for us, man. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for us. That makes me happy. I want to talk about something good in the professional sports landscape of Charlotte. I would like to, but we can't. The tweets, the jokes that Mac was putting out, I was writing my tweet as I read Mac's tweet, watching the Hornets lose to the Wizards. Hey, Everything's going to be fine. At least we have the Panthers against the Bears on Thursday night football. The sarcasm in that tweet, it was felt last night. The bad feelings watching them lose to the Chicago Bears 16-13, to not score an offensive touchdown. Amir Smith-Marset and some guy named Michael Strawn were our heroes yesterday. <laughs> it's my strong hand. That's yeah. what I kept thinking. This is my strong hand. That's all I kept thinking about. Yeah. And then we watched Bryce Young deteriorate. We watched the offensive line interior give up a ton of pressure. Yeah. And uh, we watched a lot of bad football last night, Wes. Just think about the week that we've had in this city. That's why I said there's no other like it. Like, let's just go through this real quick. This is not Los Angeles, New York, any of these huge markets where there's stuff happening all the time. We have had... <laughs> We have had the Hornets get rocked by arguably the worst team in basketball. Yeah. Then their franchise players hit with a $200 million lawsuit. Then we bring in an alleged Pokemon scammer to the city. And then the Panthers play on Thursday night and put out a performance like this to where people are questioning the offense, what is supposed to be going on out there with the number one pick. I mean, just think about that, man. Just in one week in this city this is what we've had i told colin look th- <laughs> we, we've had a lot of rock bottom conversation yeah. this year at really with the carolina panthers because we've the panther season has been longer as bad as it was with the hornets you're not rock bottom with them right like it, it was awful it's a terrible loss we go three straight foul line rants for a reason okay you're still not rock bottom at this point with the charlotte hornets with the panthers wes I, this is it right now I feel very comfortable telling you that I cannot feel any worse about this team than what I experienced last night. I know that is a dangerous thing to say because I felt a little like this after the Minnesota loss, knowing two losses were coming against Detroit and Miami. I felt a little like this watching their loss to Indianapolis because I expected maybe a bad performance against Chicago 
where you are dealing with the very team you had a trade with to move up to get the QB that isn't playing as well as the QB drafted second, and you gave them your first-round pick, if you lose, you only help them in two ways, the standings this year and the draft projections next year. So I anticipated all of that coming. The defense holds Chicago to 16 points. They're playing Tyson Bajan. They hold him to 160 yards and zero touchdown passes. They actually hold Deontay Foreman to a 3.8 yards per carry average. It wasn't terrible, but they still lose because they can't score on offense whatsoever. They score 13 points because Amir Smith-Marset runs a punt return for a touchdown, and Al Michaels can't even bring me any enthusiasm on it. (laughs) Here we go. And that was at the beginning of the game. I, I joked about this on Twitter. The producers, as soon as they get to the second quarter, they're like, uh, excuse me, Al. Yeah, this is this is bad. Bring a Kelsey. It doesn't matter what. Uh, yeah, just bring a Kelsey. Bring anyone. Bring the center. Bring the center yeah, Kelsey. Why was he even there? To help us. To help all of us watch that. To help us listen to something interesting. It's bad, Wes. Now we got a lot of questions about, are there going to be in-season changes? How do you fix it? Is Bryce regressing? What do you say we pull up to the scene and talk about all that? Let's do it. Mr. Bus Driver. Open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Tim Hates Tanking said, Wesson Walker, we haven't come close to rock bottom with the Panthers with David the Clown Tepper running the circus. It's only going to get worse. I get it. I don't know how. Yeah, how can it get worse? Because... You can point to, well, they're not going to beat the Cowboys. They're not going to win any more games this season. You might be right in saying the victory they had against Houston could be the lone victory they have this year. I'm telling you my feelings won't get any worse. My positivity is at an all-time low. I don't have anything to look forward to as far as this season is. And a lot of that has to do with Bryce Young, and that's what I want to start with first, Wes. Are we seeing Bryce Young regress the last two games because of his very own play and the things that are around him. What are some of your takeaways overall and your bad feelings watching this game? Yeah, the more and more that I watch him, it's just the more it's so far and away different than what we thought this was going to be. Again, we go back to the pre-draft process, talking about the processing and all those things. I didn't expect him to be so behind because there were times that when he did have time to be able to make the throws and he did not get hit. And, you know, you saw him throw a couple of near interceptions late in that game when he gets out in front of the slant, almost an interception. Then uh, the Bears bring the blitz late in the game. Linebacker drops out. He doesn't see it, stares the receiver down, tries to throw right in the middle of the field, almost gets it intercepted. And these were things that, to be frank, I thought they would get Bryce every now and again. But I didn't expect to see this, like, on a weekly basis, like what we've seen. And now when you think that, to the preseason and all of the interceptions that they talked about that he threw in practice, it does seem like that he's just not quite there yet with the NFL game as far as grasping playbooks, the speed of the game. All of it seems to be just going a little bit too fast for him out there. Um, But he has his moments where he'll make some big-time throws. He had a couple of those last night. The strong throw was a dot. It was. It was a great throw downfield. And he had a great one to, to Thielen that was for 13 yards where he threw it in between, and there were three defenders in the area, and he really sucked the ball into that window. 
But other than that, man, it just seems like he's just not as advanced as some of his rookie counterparts. It's time to just call it what it is. He's not as advanced as C.J. Stroud. Uh, we'll see what Levis continues to do, but uh, it just seems like Bryce is just having a tough time adjusting to the NFL game at this point, especially with the lack of requisite things around him. The QB is developing bad habits. Jordan Reed pointed this out on Twitter. I think we first heard of him looking like a different quarterback compared to what he was at Alabama with Trevor Sikama joining the Mac and Bone show, Sikama being a part of Pro Football Focus. That's the concern, is that he does look different than what he did in Alabama, and that's why you drafted him number one overall. Wes, we saw Bryce progress as the season went on. I actually actually thought you saw a little bit of an elevator type of incline with him to the point where you get to Houston and see his best game of the season. What is so concerning is that it drops off a cliff going to the Indianapolis game and that continuing three, four days later against the Chicago Bears. We had seen Bryce improve. That was the thing we could hang our hat on. He was improving. He was throwing downfield at that point. He was helping that offense stay in games defensively, even defensively, right? It's not like we even saw them performing well against Miami who put up 40 on him, Detroit who put up 40 on him. So even then we were like, but at least Bryce is making some progress and and then the last two games, it all starts to go downhill. Can I just take a moment to appreciate California Greg on the text line trying to figure out some positivity? He says, question, who picks these practice squad players? Is it more Frank than Fitty? Trying to figure out something positive. Yeah. The practice squad player and the guy you traded a conditional seventh round pick for were the stars last night. <laughs> Amir Smith-Marset and Michael Strawn. That is what I will take away as some sort of joy in my life from what we saw against the Chicago Bears. Adam Thielen, God bless him. He's trying. Six receptions, 42 yards. Mingo had three receptions for 20 yards, not getting any separation. It's not working for him. Terrace Marshall, I mean, even for me, somebody that wants Terrace Marshall to work, <laughs> it's just not happening at the halfway point of this season. There's just not a lot of things you can point to and say, oh, yeah, that's what I feel good about offensively. Even Miles Sanders, who I thought would have about six carries or more because of what we predicted in Trops Props, he finishes with two carries minus five yards mm. so two of the last three games the running back that you gave the biggest contract to a running back this offseason for and two of the last three he's had two rushes for zero and two rushes for minus five that's the running back that we're talking about getting seven million dollars annually this offseason it's been rough defensively how about Avero and what he's doing no Brian Burns last night you're out a ton of edge rushers you're having to rely on Eku Leota okay the best Leota we've had since Ray Leota RIP he's actually <laughs> providing some kind of pressure on the QB they finished the plays though well and but I can't blame him like what what do you want me to do for Leota right like at least you're providing some pressure Bajan did a good job holding on to that football so <laughs> it was it was the guys that you were getting for production from that have not gotten that opportunity and everybody else that you have to depend on isn't showing up in games like this. The games that you should be competing against at the very least like Chicago. Yeah, no doubt about it. And a lot of people also made a lot about the decision for Frank Reich to kick a 59-yard field goal instead of going for it on that fourth and 10. And it's yeah. like, how confident can you be in this offense with what you've seen for the entire game? You really think that they're capable of converting 10 yards? Like, that's where you're at right now as a Panthers offense. 
you're worried about converting 10 yards. And not only that, man, it just gets to the point that even watching that game last night, no matter what happened, no matter how many positive plays the defense got, no matter how many stops they got, it becomes clear after three, four possessions where you're like, this offense isn't going to do anything no matter what. They hit the big play to, uh, to Strahan. Strong, strong, yeah. And you think, all right, here goes something, but they, they squander every opportunity, man. And it just gets to a point where you're hopeless every time they get the football. Every series, every series looked disastrous. You couldn't get many first downs. When they got a first down, it felt like you just achieved a, a Hail Mary play. Anytime that they were able to pick up a fresh set of downs. That's what we saw last night. The question is, do we see in-season changes because of this? As soon as today, could we be the show that breaks that news? Could it be Kyle Bailey that breaks it? Or are they just going to wait until later on tonight for the Friday news dump and we don't talk about it as much heading into the weekend? I certainly think it's a big old possibility. But my thing is, though, you know, what is that going to do at this point? You're 1-8. and eight. There's hopelessness all over the place. There's no magic elixir. You've already changed offensive coordinators. It did nothing. Uh, so I'm not sure what changes you can make besides appeasing fans and people getting some enjoyment out of seeing some heads roll. It's like game of rage. You know what I'm saying? It's like we talk about it all the time how oh, we used to I get mad. to rage quit That's right what now. I'm saying. It's like when you sit there, you get <laughs> mad and you throw something. It's like you have to see something break or you have to see that controller hit something. You have to take out your frustration somewhere. And to me, that's what this would be. If you fired somebody, it's like, for what? You might as well just wait to the end of the season, and if you want to clean house, clean house. I would totally welcome a rage quitting from David Tepper where he throws the Nintendo controller that is still connected to the console. The console comes out of the outlet, and it is destroyed, and you have to go get a new one. I would totally welcome that. Yeah. I would totally welcome with David Tepper <laughs> rage quitting. But that's not anything you can do, and so now you're going to have to try to fix the Nintendo 64 that you bought in the first place. couple questions. Are you going to see in-season changes? We'll talk about that on the other side. And another question is, look, I know it seems crazy. I know. But should the Panthers consider sitting Bryce Young the rest of the way if there's nothing to be gained? Let's talk about it. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Harry found some positives last night. He said the only positive thing I had last night was opening my new bottle of Whistle Pig. I hear you, Mountaineer Harry. All right. If you got a Whistle Pig, you might have opened it watching that game. Just a 
help the pain a little bit more. Fiddy, what's the stank face for over there? You don't like a bottle of Whistle Pig every now and then? I've never even heard of Whistle Pig. Me neither. But a, but a guy named, was this Mountain Harry? Mountain, <laughs> Mountaineer Harry. Mountaineer and he's from Harry. Waxhaw. Mm. I mean, that sounds like my kind of people, your I've, kind of people. Have you ever had any uh, any whistle pig? I actually don't think I have, but I know what it is. It's just uh, it's like a bourbon or a whiskey or something like that. It's like a brown liquor. I wonder if it blows. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in on the text line. You didn't get the joke? Yes, I know. Whistle, blow. Yeah, I got it. I was just moving on. That's what happens sometimes when you make those jokes. 704-570-9610. Um, Gas House Earl said, you guys keep talking about Bryce improving. How about the receivers and the line improve? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'd love that too, Gas Yeah, which House one Earl? is it? People tell us that we don't get on Bryce enough. and then Oh, well, it's. Yeah, and then we're saying that we're not blaming everybody else enough. Which one do you guys want? Well, different people are going to have different <laughs> things for us. But for sure, yeah. If let me Let me tell you this. If you think us asking Bryce Young to improve means that we're cool with the offensive line and receiver play, then either you're not listening or you don't want to hear it, Petey. You don't want to know. Yep. That's what you're listening to, or that's what you're not hearing if you think that. Uh, let's go to Big Chris from Shelby as well. He asks, shouldn't we at least start Dalton, or do you think this would hurt Bryce Young's confidence? This was the question that we asked going into the break. Is it time to consider benching Bryce Young in the interim or for the rest of the season? Stanford P says, absolutely sit Young. The rest of the season is a tryout for next year. Only a handful of guys are safe. The rest need to show out or get to step in. What do you think about this, Wes? Because of what we've seen the last couple of games. Because there's nothing that he's gaining right now. Jordan Reed tweets out, the most concerning thing is that we're seeing Bryce Young develop habits that were not there at Alabama. We heard that soundbite from Trevor Sikama on Mac and Bone that he looks like a different quarterback right now because he is panicking in the pocket. He did it last night. He even bailed clean pockets last night. And I'm not saying that they're not allowing a lot of pressure. They are. But especially interior pass protection, it's non-existent. And he's having to bail. And so now we're seeing these bad habits develop. We've seen different systems come in and help rookie QBs that were abysmal in their first year. Is it time to sit Bryce Young? With eight games left in the season, I just think it sets a really bad precedent if you sit your quarterback just because you're worried about him getting hit too much. And I think that... But it's not about... Uh, real quickly, it's not even about him getting hit too much. What well, other than that, then he needs to play. Because, because even if you are losing, even if you don't have the proper supporting cast around you, there's still... He still can get out there and see defenses, see things, blitzes, coverages, all that type of stuff in real time on the field. Because to me, he's not going to get better watching a bad product from the sidelines. He needs to get in there and experience stuff, see things, be able to get, uh, you know, pre-snap different things. And, and there's things to be learned and downloaded each and every game, each and every snap that when things do get better, he'll understand as the season goes on, he's going to see different defenses, different coverages, different blitzes, all the different stuff the NFL has to offer so then once he does get that proper supporting cast, he can go back to these times and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when I see the safety do this, that means this. When I see this linebacker do that, it means that. Like, there are things for him to be learned. I don't think under any circumstances they should sit him. Maybe if you want to get to the last game or two, maybe because you don't want him to get injured. But other than that, I still think he should play. Uh, I think Bryce has really good football character. 
And I think that, you know, if you sit him, I think it would bother his confidence. And I think he's the type of guy that wants to see this thing through and finish it out. But as far as just what he can learn and stuff like that, I still think the best teacher for him is going to be on the field. It's not up to Bryce. It's not Bryce wanting to quit. Right. I don't think that at all. It's up to the coaching staff if they view it to be the best move for Bryce and this football team and this team's future. Mm -hmm. Different pieces are in different timelines. I don't know if Frank Reich's going to be here all that long. I don't know if Scott Fitter is going to be here past the day, let alone make it to next season. So people are in different timelines. But in theory, you are supposed to make the decision that is best for the team right now and for the future. Try to find the marriage between the two. It's not even about protecting Bryce Young and wrapping him in bubble wrap so he doesn't get injured. It's about affecting his confidence so much that we don't see bad habits developed. You're saying you don't see the value in him sitting on the sideline and watching bad football. Is there any value in him going out there playing so poorly where now we're bringing in the David Carr effect? How many times do we go back to David Carr being that pick for the Houston Texans And everyone points to, well, he got destroyed because the offensive line was so bad. He was sacked as many times as we've ever seen a QB sacked. And that's what ruined him. What is Bryce Young taking away? What is he gaining that helps him become a future, a franchise QB? If you can't truly get an evaluation on what your QB is doing, because that's not a semblance of real football. He's bailing the pocket because a lot of times he has to and because he's worried that more pressure is going to come down in the middle, maybe outside, wherever, because it's coming from everywhere. When he's so afraid of pressure, now he's even bailing cleaner pockets. He can't step up. He's bailing when he has the opportunity to step up. He's missing open receivers. That wasn't even happening, Wes. For all the criticism that Bryce Young deserved, getting fooled by Jesse Bates, man, as much as Terrace Marshall is not improving – He was wide open on a crosser going to his left, and that's not a hard, hard throw. Yeah, Bryce Young is moving to his left, but we all know that's something he needs to complete. I don't want to see Bryce Young develop bad habits. He got worse the last two games. Against Houston, I thought he flat out played a good game. Not Peyton Manning, not Tom Brady, but hitting open receivers, hitting them 20 yards downfield, None of this screen pass, none of this inflated completion percentage because they're easy throws like they're just alleys to Mark Williams or DeAndre Jordan. No, he's taking shots down the field. And then against the Colts and against the Bears, he looked worse. So if there's nothing to be gained and you're worried about hurting him so you set him back and it's that much harder to improve next season, I could understand the argument in sitting him letting Andy Dalton go out there and you might not even be evaluating as bad of a product because Andy Dalton at once upon a time was a good QB. And what was the best offensive performance we've seen this year? It was against Seattle when Andy Dalton threw for 350. You had a vet QB, a QB that the coaching staff trusted more to deal with the bad offensive line. And maybe Bryce Young can learn from there. Maybe that would be the hope. That would be the idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I get that, but I just think that there have been so many rookie quarterbacks that have come beforehand, and of course, David Carr is the guy everybody always brings up when they talk about being shell-shocked, uh, so to speak, and I'm doing air quotes as I say that, but I mean, you look at a, a, a kid like Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he started 2-6 and six his first eight starts, and then took a bunch of L's after that, 
And it's like, are we thinking about that now when we watch him play? And not to say that he's tearing the world up, but he's got the Jaguars in a great direction. He's turning into the franchise quarterback they want him to. These experiences build uh, no matter what, because even with David Carr, yeah, he definitely got lit up a bunch his rookie year, and it definitely affected him. But that's not to say that that wasn't his makeup all along. And so I think, too, you look at it, it's like, okay, well, this is going to take more than one offseason to fix everything that's wrong with the Panthers. So then what do you do? If you come into next season and they start one and four, one and five, and the offensive line isn't that much improved again, and the receivers are still kind of struggling, are you going to sit them again? It's like every time things get rough, are you going to sit the quarterback? Like that's that's the thing. So that's why I say I think that's a bad precedent. I think you have to let them play through it, and the player he's going to be is the player he's going to be. And – you know, as I said, I believe in his football character. I believe in his resolve. I believe he can play his way out of this to get back to playing respectable ball. Because remember, just before these last two games, this had been a guy that had had a couple of games with zero turnovers. And so that's just the up and down of a rookie year. I mean, and again, I keep going back to the Trevor Lawrence example, but you just look. I mean, he had plenty of games where, you know, he had some games where I'm sure he showed that promise that Jacksonville fans thought they were going to see. And then he has games like against Tennessee in his rookie year where he throws four interceptions, and this was game number 13. And so there are going to be ups and downs with the rookie. I think he just needs to play through it. I think he's going to be better for it as long as the organization does right by him and puts the proper pieces around him uh, in the years to come. But but they're not there yet. They're and not I hear there. what you're saying. Yeah. 704 saying nothing to gain. Walker, you ignored everything Wes said. That's not anything that I meant to do, but it seems like your point is let him play through it so he learns what mistakes he's making. And and he can but, learn NFL defenses. Yeah, but, and this is my problem, is he learning it from a standpoint of normal football that he's going to be experiencing the rest of his career? Because I hope to God the offensive line isn't this bad, and he's not playing like a normal QB should. The Trevor Lawrence example people will go with, people love the Peyton Manning example. Mm -hmm. It is the easy button for your hometown QB struggling in his rookie year. Hey, guys. Remember when Peyton threw all those interceptions? Yeah. It is the thing to go to, and you can. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, for example, generational QB, very much in the likes of the John Elway, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning even conversation as far as that level of a prospect. Bryce Young is not. And when we're talking about Peyton Manning, he might be throwing interceptions, but Bryce Young is bailing the pocket I don't think he's act. How much is he learning on, you know, safeties, linebackers dropping in coverage when you're not playing what a real offense should look like? You're not getting involved in what a real offense should look like. I just don't know if this is the assignment, like if, if this is what is his homework every single week. Mm -hmm. And then you have a different assignment next year and the year after. Mm -hmm. What can you apply from this assignment to next year oh, if lots. you're playing a completely different yeah, brand no, of football? There, there's lots because, okay, I'll go to a different example. I'll go to Drew Brees, the guy that a lot of people want to compare him to from a size standpoint. Drew Brees, his first year as a starter, which, which didn't come until his second year with the Chargers, he well, had five games without a touchdown pass. Well, but I think you just you might have undercut it with him sitting his whole first year, though. No, but I'm just saying that they had uh, – I forgot this situation. Then they have Phillip Rivers. Well, Doug no, Flutie. Rivers yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it would have right. been Doug Flutie with right. Drew and then but Drew still, even Rivers. his second year that he started, he had five games with zero touchdown passes and plenty of interceptions. He finished the year 17 touchdowns and 16 picks. But the thing is what I'm saying is that, yeah, 
when he gets to a place to where the team is where he wants it to be or where he can really compete, it's like, okay, yeah, he can get out there and recall, oh, I remember that game my rookie year when they ran cover three in this situation and they brought this linebacker off the edge. Now, of course, maybe his rookie year, that linebacker might have come off the edge and blew him up or whatever. But now he's like, oh, I got a tackle out there that I know they're going to communicate well and handle this. Boom, they've handled it. I've seen this before in real time. He's going to be open, get the football there right now. Like, that's what I'm saying. He's going to learn just from playing. And even if when things go just haywire after the snap, but he's still learning pre-snap. What does this look like? What type of stuff does this team like to do? What type of tendencies am I seeing here? This is what an odd front defense looks like. And so on and so forth. And those are the things that he can learn in real time. And then when he gets better players that he knows the guys that can win their matchups on a regular basis, he can go back to those examples that he had in his rookie year where things weren't great, but he'll be able to make those plays now because they are great and he's seen it and the recognition is there. It just feels like it's a different, you're talking about wide receivers that are winning in their matchups. Well, he can't have that experience because he doesn't have those guys right now. Sure. And if you are sitting him, look, one example, I think uh, one example, play Baker maker brings in, this is the one I wanted to use to a sat to a started. And then he sat and then you had a new system come in mm-hmm. and now Tua is playing well. It, we, we have examples for each example. We have examples for each scenario where guys either like drew Brees, That one's a, the, the guys that sit the first year is a little wonky. Because you learn a lot from the sideline, and there are plenty of examples of that working for guys. Yes. You know, we have the Pat Mahomes thing. We have the Aaron Rodgers thing. They're playing behind Alex Smith, who is a decent QB. We can get into that debate, whatever. But Brett Favre, pretty clearly one of the better QBs in NFL history. I mean, it, it's Andy Dalton. I, maybe he's more closely comparable to an Alex Smith. But Bryce Young is playing right now. If you want to go to Tua, man, Tua was sitting behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has a great Wonder League sto- uh, score, but also was going from team to team and was the Kenny Lofton of the NFL for a reason. So it doesn't, you can learn as well by sitting and also not killing his confidence. Like how much, this is what I want to know. How much do people really care about someone's confidence? If they're saying, Oh, we'll just let them get through it. Is it just a, is it just a misnomer then? Like, do we not care about a young player's confidence? If the answer is to always play them no matter what? Well, the thing I think about is if you talk about, I think confidence and IQ kind of play, hand in hand. Bryce is smart enough to know what's going on out there. So if he can't... But he got worse the last it's two It's true, but if he can't... No, what I'm saying is that he understands what's going on out there as far as what he's walking into battle with. He knows what he's coming out there with. And so he's got to know, yeah, I'm going to get hit. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure. This is going to be rough, but I'm going to keep battling through it. If he can't survive that and it kills his confidence, I don't want him as a quarterback anyway. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, and does that make sense? Like I'm saying, if you're not smart enough to understand what I'm going to battle with, to know this is going to be rough and to be able to fight through it, if you come out of this with your confidence shot, then obviously you didn't quite understand what you were going out there to battle with in the first place, if that makes any sense. Did it? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to try it. So it's no, like, you're good. Yeah, I mean- yeah, I'm just saying that he knows full well what this situation is with the Panthers. So I don't think it should damage his confidence is what I'm saying. He can come at the end of this rookie season and say, yeah, I took a beating. I took my licks. But hell, man, I'm going out there. I'm fighting with these guys, but I didn't have the wide receivers I need. Didn't have the offensive line I need. Once I get those things, then we can get cooking. But 
So that's why I said I don't think it should damage his confidence at all. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully that is someone that can have some confidence as we move forward. I do want to have some sound to play. Frank Reich has a couple of comments. We do have a comment from Ian Rappaport on Frank Reich and the lack of development for Bryce Young. We can get to some of that a little bit later on in the show. But let's go down a couple of levels in football. Maybe not even that many levels in football. Let's talk high school football. Coming up next, Jeff Bayhackle joins us to discuss what's been happening in the... Uh, did I say Jeff Bayhackle? I meant Jeff Taylor from Bayhackle Sports. I apologize, Mr. Jeff Taylor. Jeff well, Taylor... Everything that we... You know, every answer they got, we got to every, every question. <laughs> Me and Mitch, like this. Jeff Taylor from Bayhackle Sports talks high school football at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Folks, we return to you. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on a little bit of a sad day for Panthers fans, I would say. But uh, there's a lot of football this weekend to help get you over that if you want to watch college or the high school football playoffs are in full effect. So as always on Fridays, we've got Jeff Taylor, sports director from Bay Hackle Sports, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jeff, man, it's getting closer and closer. These teams are marching towards potential state championship games. It's starting to get hot out here in high school football. Indeed it is, you know, and uh, we're, we're fired up. And, uh, and before we even get going, let me let everybody out there know, and you may get to this a little bit later, but I'm going to maybe steal your thunder there a little bit. Hey, for the first time this season, we've been on BayHackleSports.com every Friday night at 11 o'clock, and we've had, you know, people, you know, watch it the next day and, and that night and stuff. But tonight, for the very first time, 11 o'clock on WCCB, we are going linear. We're on air tonight, so people will be able to catch us both on WCCB and on BayHackleSports.com. So if you want to check us out on you know your tablets and your computers and phones, do that. But also uh, flip on that TV and catch us there. We're excited about it. Um, we've got a great team out there, and you know John Treach and Kelly Bardick and Jack Taylor and myself. Um, we're fired up to go out tonight. So um, it's just going to be awesome. And you know, uh, obviously, our BayHackleSports.com game of the week, Charlotte Christian at Providence Day. Um, we're showing that tonight at 7 o'clock on BayHackleSports.com. And, you know, that's, we know what that is. That's a rivalry. The two schools are two miles away from each other. This is the semifinals for the, you know, independent schools. So um, these two teams played last year for the state championship. Providence Day won that one easily. They played earlier this year. Providence Day won that one uh, pretty easy. So, um, you know, it, it should be a good game tonight. Um, Charlotte Christian, um Played well earlier in the year. They had four turnovers, though, and you know that'll kill you. So and we know what we get in Providence Day. And, um, you know, uh, Coach Greer and that team, we know what we get from Providence Day. Uh, just a, a well-balanced team. So that's our game of the week, and uh, we're looking 
forward to uh, showing that tonight at 7 o'clock. Yeah, when you talk about this matchup with these two teams, and it's a big rivalry matchup, and they played twice last year, and so uh, just how much does this up the ante when you talk about a rivalry game and in the playoffs? Um, I, You know, I, I, it takes it to a whole other level. And, and like I said, when when I first started there, whatever, you know, I, I live near these schools. They're less than two miles away from each other. <laughs> so they see these kids all the time. But when you have that history, and you have that that rivalry, and you know what happened last year in the state championship game. Um, you know Providence Day, they can't look ahead. You know I think the winner of this game will probably play Raven Gap in the uh, championship next week. You know Providence Day, even though they've beat them twice, they can't look ahead because, like you said, in this type of game, and we've seen it in college, we've seen it in the NFL. When you get to these rivalries, sometimes you can throw the record out the window because these teams are going to come to play, and you know one one play can flip the script. So um, it just it amps the excitement for a game like this. So, Jeff, when I talk about Chambers, Independence, Mallet Creek, Huff, Butler, which of these teams do you feel like has the best chance to get a ring this year? Wow, you know, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Butler. Um, you know, and Coattails and what he's done out there. Um, they're just they're just a solid football team. Um, they host West Forsyth tonight. Um, and, you know, Butler, their offense with Zach Lawrence, that, they get going and they're well-balanced and stuff. But as of late, their defense has stepped up to the plate. Um, last week, they, they beat Alexander Central 49-7 to in a route. And a kid out there, Butler, Tyquan Rankin, he had 11 tackles, forced fumble, two interceptions, returned for touchdowns. Um, you know, Butler, you know, and, and listen, they've got the experience of the playoffs. And, and I think Coach Hales, you know, you know what you're getting there. You're getting a tough team that has the experience, that has won the championship. Um you know, I like them. Huff, listen. You know, Huff is another team that you know they can bring the uh, they can bring the defense. You know, Huff is only allowing just over eight points a game all season long. Um, so, any t- listen, we talk about offense, but we always talk about defense winning championships. And when you get to this time of the season, people put points on the board. But if your defense can step up to the plate and do it, um, so be it. And and so I think right now for me, Butler and Huff. Um, those are the two teams that I'm really looking forward to, to making a deep run. And, you know, you can't count out Indy. Um, I, you know, and y'all know, I, I mean, Coach DJ McFadden, I love what he does there. So, but Butler and Huff right now are the two I'm keeping my eye on. Jeff Taylor from Bay Hackle Sports joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. We're talking high school football on Weston Walker. Jeff, what was the best thing you saw last weekend covering the sport? It, it can be anything from a result, a play that you saw, maybe a moment on the sideline, the crowd cheering. What was the best thing, the experience that embodied high school football as you know it last weekend? Wow, that's kind of a um, wow. That's that's an interesting question. Um, I think that for me, it was. Probably, wow, so many good things happening. Um, I, I want to say, I'm going to be honest with you, I think um, when um, Charlotte Catholic, you know, uh, went in to play Myers Park and seeing, um, you know, Myers Park, they had had a five-game winning streak come to an end. Um, you know, the, the attitude afterwards out there, um, they knew what they had done this season. Even though their season was over, you just – after the after the moment of okay we've lost, there was just this sense of this is what high school football is all about: getting to the Friday nights, getting into the playoffs, getting to make a statement, and having the season they did with a first year head coach. Um, it was pretty special to see that, um, and those kids kind of taking it all in, realizing what they had done this year, um, making the run they had run, you know the run they had after starting zero and three on the season. Um, it was pretty cool to see that from Myers Park. I got to be honest with you. 
All right. Well, Jeff, man, we're looking forward to the action. We're definitely going to watch the Blitz tonight to see how it all played out, man. And we appreciate you joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jeff Taylor, sports director of Bay Hackle Sports. Hey, guys, I appreciate you, man. And, and like I said, everybody tune in tonight, WCCB, 11 o'clock, and also check us out on BayHackleSports.com. But um, you, too, thank you for all you do for high school sports in this area. Thank you for having me on this season. Uh, it has been a blast, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next Friday. No doubt about it, man. We'll see you down the road. All right, Walker, I thought about uh, I thought about tonight maybe trying to hit up a game, even though I can't. I got too many tell- basketball games. Oh, play. okay. I was going to say tell us what game, but never mind. I, I think guess next Friday. No, but, I, but, but now, though, like I said, those first two weeks are the weeks I kind of sit out and chill, and then next week it's going to be big boy football from here on out. So I think next week I may try to pick a little game to – to go to and hit up, see what's going on, man. Hopefully, my Chambers Cougars are still in it. Can you can you drive our time machine and take us back to your favorite memory playing high school football? Number oh, yeah. one, what number one memory do you have? No in mind? doubt about it, man. Was when we went to play uh, AC Reynolds in the playoffs. We were the first second year program to make the playoffs in our second year. And we went up to the mountains, man, and it was the best. I got to go to school late. We had just got new sweatsuits. <laughs> we got dope sweatsuits, you know what I'm saying? Because my mom, you know, she had to make sure I got my we, sleep. We got them for basketball. Yeah, the sweatsuits, I mean, you yeah, wore those yeah. on home games yeah. and you dressed up for a wedding. Yeah, game. well, we got these special ones for the playoffs. They had the Vans Cougars on the on the top and bottom and then had the football in the middle with your number on it, mm-hmm. fresh. And then, uh, you know, riding up to the mountains, it was like a two-plus-hour drive, stopping and eating. And I remember I listened to the Black Star album pretty much the whole way. Oh, you were vibing. Yeah, to the game. I listened to that. And then I remember getting there and us playing that game. And it was like the mountains were surrounding the stadium. Like, it was great, man. We won by uh, AC Runners. We got a two-point conversion. And then they missed a field goal. They could have won the game. And so we won. So I think we were the first second-year school to win a playoff game as well. And then we played Ashbrook the next week and got dealt. You just created a phenomenal picture with that imagery because yeah. you can you can go with the TikTok. I don't know if you've seen this trend where uh-huh. people are saying the thing I love about TikTok is you can just be scrolling and then you find a Ben Wallace montage with MF Doom in the background. Yeah. <laughs> what you just did was you brought black star as the ambiance mm-hmm. and you have the bus pulling up with the mountains and then maybe coming in with the clips west bryant pancaking some dude as the <laughs> running back scroll rolls into the for a rolls into the end zone for a touchdown you should create a tiktok like yeah that. man it was a very picturesque setting and i taunted uh, those players very much when they missed the field goal when we came back on the field I bet you victory did. formation I definitely let them know about their failures. So mine, I did not play football. I played basketball and I had a different experience in the mountains. We Uh went to Mount Heritage okay, and they knocked me out of the state playoffs two out of three years. Actually, West Stokes. Yeah. The mountain boys, damn you! <laughs> <laughs> the they hooping up there in the mountains, huh? What else they do? Yeah, that's really it. I mean, you've hooping got in football. You've got so many different players that are going to UNC Asheville, like they're playing D one mid major. Mm. You got one kid that's going to Georgia on that team, and I played them well. But those mountain teams, the, my last year, my senior year, we were down five at the half, and then we get beat by like 15, 20, something like that. Those map, we, we lost. In overtime, my second year, those damn mountain man, guys, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. Wow. I, I wish. It was tough. It was tough. West Stokes and Mount Heritage. I got no love for you. No love. <laughs> That's what's up. And they used to always tell us, too, when we went to the mountains to play or when we went out of town anyway. It's like, if you're a Charlotte team, 
you're not getting any calls. Did your coach tell you guys that? Like, listen, you guys don't expect any calls when you go up there. No, right? we didn't have that high of a profile. We weren't Charlotte. We were Catawba County. We were Bunker <laughs> Hill. Shout to Catfish. Shout yeah. to Claremont and Bunker Hill High School. But we weren't high profile enough to get any calls either. So they didn't express that to us. Yeah. But we know what time it was as soon as we walked in the building. All right. Well, when we come back, folks, it's time to go to the corner. Talking about college football action and a little bit of some women's basketball sprinkled in there as well. Okay, this is. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.